Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners and macabre murders from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tales that we tell. And it's episode 138. Hurrah! 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 How are you, Nick? I'm well. How are you? I'm a little bit drunk. A little bit drunk? You don't say. No, I'm delightfully tipsy. Delight, all right. Okay, is that how you see it? <laughs> I think that's a very, very good reading of this situation. I... I'm hilariously funnily drunk. It's great. This will be one of those things when I listen back in the edit and go, oh no, Sinead, no, 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 you weren't funny. She may not survive the edit. <laughs> I went to an event, Nick. I went to an event. I know you did. And there was free wine. There was. Sparkly wine. Yes. Not just a still white wine, that would be death. And it was very nice. And it went on a bit, didn't it? Oh, 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 suddenly, as soon as we start recording, it says nothing when I walk in the door. Gives me pizza, hands me some pizza. All lovely, lovely, benevolent, as soon as we start recording. Well, what time do you call this? What time do you call this? (laughs) Ten to eight in the evening. It's only because you were feeding me pizza for half an hour. (laughs) Holding my hair back. (laughs) From now on, no food, no pleasantries. (laughs) In the door, fucking get on it. Well, thank you for the lovely Negroni you yeah. poured me. <laughs> you got to drink another drink, which is unwise, I feel. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no war on this one. Any poisonings this week? Late people. <laughs> tut, tut, tut. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I was late. But everything else has been fine. Apart from that, it's fine. Apart from that, it's fine. This is the one thing that's fucked up your life. Ruined my week. I had plans. So many things to do. All out the window. What were they? Stuff. Very important. Big, big plans. Big plans. Big, big fluffy plans. Just because they didn't involve you doesn't mean they didn't <laughs> exist. Well, speaking of plans that don't exist and people annoying you because they're late, I think it is time for us to thank our delicious, always on time, Patreon yeah, subscribers. They're never late. They are never late. Thank you very much to the unlatest, Jade. And to Asterisk. Very good. Thank you very much, darling people. Delicious, delicious, lovely, sexy Patreon subscribers. We had we had a time on Patreon this week. We did a, a seemingly innocuous story that turned out to be the greatest tragedy ever told. <laughs> yeah. It did. But then heartbreaking. People, people have pointed out flaws in my logic. Oh, have they? Yeah. <laughs> 
So I was like, okay, fine. Perhaps I haven't sold all crime ever. Okay. Nick was on a roll and I was, I was with him. I yeah. was with him. You you went along with me. But there was a, there's a big flaw in the plan. Like people got on the bandwagon and then very clearly kicked you off it. Yeah. No, 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 no Nick. No. But still a great story. Yes. Involves cake. It involved me drinking a bottle of wine as well, which helped. Yay. The best stories are told in that manner. Quite right. If you want to know what the hell we're talking about, please do consider joining us on Patreon. Patreon subscriptions have now changed that you are charged when you join. So it used to be that you were always charged at the first of the month. Now, don't worry, existing Patreon subscribers, your subscriptions will not change. They will not be affected. But people who join now you will be charged on the day you join rather than getting sort of double charge, which used to happen with Patreon. They've sorted that out. So dip in. It's completely flexible, but you get access to loads of bonus content, bonus episodes and all sorts of shenanigans. Well, Nick, are you ready? Uh, I think so. You were miles away then, I know. You? I was in my own little world. I just took a little trip to Paris there. Excuse <laughs> exactly. me. It's a lovely time. And then you brought me back. I'm going to drag you back from sailing down the Seine. Okay. To drink cocktails and talk about poison. My time with Pierre. <laughs> it's a magical time. I just want to know Pierre's backstory. <laughs> Doesn't have one. Oh, oh, that is a man without a past. He's a man of a mystery. That's what drew you to him. He just steers his <laughs> just, boat down the Seine. Yep. Does he wear a stripy t-shirt? He does, and a beret. Handles his onions well. <laughs> <laughs> Has two baguettes at all times. <laughs> well, whatever floats your boat. Yeah. <laughs> or, or we could drink poison and talk about cocktails. What does Pierre like? <laughs> Yeah, does enjoy a good cocktail. So shall we go with the first Let's one? Let's do that. Oh, hooray, hooray, hooray. It is Nick's story this week. Well, we can't, we can't, we can't possibly have a story without a cocktail in hand. As you know, dear listeners, every week we choose a secret ingredient that is inspired by the tale that we tell and it will flavour our cocktail of the week. Nick's story this week, the secret ingredient is... Is an alligator. An alligator? An alligator. Ooh. Ooh. Yes. Ooh, they roamed the Victorian streets. They do. <laughs> Absolutely. I... Constant threat in Victorian London. Bloody love an alligator. Okay. Surprising. <laughs> I, I, I know you didn't know this about me. Well, it's an animal, so I'm assuming you did, and I'm assuming you've had many as pets, and you tame them, and not one of them has ever bitten you. Sharks, number one, then cats. Then alligators. Then, I mean, I'm, I'm sure we had. I'm it. sure we had tigers last week as well. Oh well, no, no, tigers are in the kind of cat variety. Right. Okay. The cat world. Cats, big cats. They're all in there. You know, I've okay. got. I've got to portion this out because there's a very long list. Otherwise. <laughs> so but, we're going for fish. <laughs> no sharks. Anything with four legs. <laughs> and a tail, and it goes meow. <laughs> tigers don't go meow. <laughs> if you pet them right. This is Sinead, the alligator whisperer. Yes, I love an alligator. I've been oh. to Florida. I've been to an alligator farm, which I think was a bad idea I'm in hindsight. I'm sure they were delighted to be there. <laughs> I don't think they were happy. It was a tourist attraction and I now feel very bad about it. Should. But alligators, ooh, interesting. They won't bite down the jaw unless you touch the inside of their mouth. That's just a fact I learned there. Is it? Yeah. Good to know. <laughs> Gamey. Gamey they are. So, okay, well, alligator, but yes, Gamey, bizarre. right. So you went to your alligator farm to pick the one you wanted for lunch. Oh, they served some alligator meat and I ate some. <laughs> <laughs> oh look, uh, lovely alligators frolicking in the wild. Oh look, they look tasty. <laughs> frolicking in the wild, like a scene from an Attenborough it documentary. It was, and then you <laughs> like came alligators along with galloping. your harpoon. <laughs> 
No, just a rock. They gave me a rock as a 12-year-old. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm starting to think this was not a legitimate business that we went to. I think my dad tried to save some money. and We went to a place where there were a lot of alligators and we ate some. And then Going we took well. a fan boat out. Anyway, alligators. Mmm, tasty, tasty alligators. Indeed. But with alligator... Yeah. As an inspiration, an ingredient. An ingredient. What have you come up with? Found some alligators, ground them up. (laughs) (laughs) And there aren't that many alligator-based cocktails out there. I'm shocked. I know. Uh, You'd be surprised to hear. Well, actually, the farm I went to was resplendent. (laughs) It was resplendent. (laughs) Cocktail pairings with every cut. (laughs) There's not many alligator cocktails out there. There aren't many alligator cocktails. This is correct. We're having a gator snap. Oh, a gator snap. A gator snap. Oh, I like it. Yeah. It sounds kind of like a Gatorade or a kind of Snapple American drink. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it is high time for us to glide, glade like, into the poisonous cabinet kitchen and go and hunt some alligators. So we'll shake up a storm. See you in a minute. Bye. What? <laughs> you have to Bye. say the thing. Bye. No, I've changed the thing now. Oh, you've changed the thing. Oh, okay. All right. We'll go leave on that then. In there. Do it again. So we'll see you in a minute. We'll see you in a bit. And we're back. Hello. Well, Nick, a gator snap. A gator snip. Now, it looks very, very, I'm going to say it, very margarita-y. It does have that twang about it. It's got a pale liminess to it, a limey colour, a bit cloudy, and it's got a rim. It's got a rim. It's got a rim of things. I don't know. <laughs> I heard you sprinkling in the kitchen, <laughs> and I was very disturbed by it, because I can't see what's in there. ground alligator. <laughs> Okay. My alligator seasoning. I wouldn't put it past you. <laughs> you you that, you've got that cruel streak. No, I do. Yeah, mm, absolutely. Yeah. You never know. Also, oh, I don't know, that greeny hint. I'm intrigued. That makes me frightened because it makes me think, is there something green? Ooh, ooh, green. Alligators are green. Alligators are green-ish. Well, they're not. <laughs> oh, is there something absinthe in there? It looks like all the dangerous things, but <laughs> yet I'm still going You're in still for going it. You're still going for it, though. All right, let's dive in. Merry Christmas. Oh, 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 stuff's happening. Okay. That's interesting. That's very interesting. That's not what I was expecting. Ooh, ooh, there's a whole symphony of flavours there. What, what's going on? What is going was that, on? Was that sugar on the brim? Nope. No? It's nope. salt? Yep. Oh, it is salt. It is. You're right. I am. <laughs> the yeah. thing that you put on there, you're right. Wow. I was not expecting that. That is damn good. That is that is everything going on. <laughs> Ooh, oh, it's a, it's a rolling of flavors. Mm, it does. It does. There's something that comes along in the background and it comes afterwards. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, I I didn't have high hopes for that one. Waves of flavor. But mm. So I know there's salt around there, the rim. There's salt. And there's something sharp. It's not overly sharp. I don't know how to describe this. <laughs> it's got a sweetness and yet a sharpness and yet something floral and something deadly. <laughs> Beguiling. Ooh, I'm, I'm glad there's more out there. Because I put it purposely in small glasses thinking, this could be dreadful. Oh, did you make a big batch? So there's, well, I, make, I made what the recipe's called for, yeah. which has left more than this. I'm not sensing okay. anything twiggy in there. I've been lied to before. <laughs> My taste buds have lied to me. You fooled me. I'm not sensing anything twiggy, up, but I'm sensing something complex in the background. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> D- tell me what's happening, yeah, Nick. I I've... am blinded by your beauty. I fooled you again. Mm, no. We have the chatros. Oh, Jesus, actual Christ. Got what? it. Got it past you again. You've done it very yeah. well because I, there is not a hint of the twigginess in there. 
really impressed with this. Tell me of your wizardy ways. So, oh, it's got a really weird sort of... It rolls on the back of your tongue. Yes, it's exactly what I was thinking. It's a rolling effect. Yeah. Something else comes through. Yeah, so the right Something the else the happens to you. That's, that's weird. I've not heard that before. <laughs> it's good. So, yeah, so we have we have green chartreuse. We have green chartreuse. We have lime juice. Nice. We have Cointreau. Good. And we good. have sugar. What? That's it. And so it's basically a chartreuse margarita. The quantities of sugar is very high in this. I, and I was surprised how high it was. Whoever did this, thank you. <laughs> and there's, yeah, but that's that's it. That's what, what's in there. And I, feel, I feel betrayed. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm absolutely amazed by that. How did this happen? Yeah, I thought that was going to be a bit gimmicky and a bit like uh, horrible. But... You would think if you put those through those ingredients down on paper, absolutely not. Ugh, twigginess. You'd yeah. be very happy. But no, I'm... I'm really impressed with that. So what's the quantities? So you have got, it's like three quarters of an ounce of sugar. So you have wow, three, yes, that's so a, lot. a lot of sugar. You have a lot of sugar. So you've got an ounce of chartreuse <laughs> in there. You've got one and a half of Cointreau. Okay, nice. Good. So you've got a big hit of orange, which I think that's is the bit that comes lot. through and at the end. you never normally get that much. Yeah. No, I think that's what comes through at the end, that orangey. Mm, the floral. Orangey floral whip. And you've got an ounce of lime and then, for say, three quarters of sugar. Um, so it's not far off. Your margarita sort of... Yeah. Uh, ratios with well generally i do two ounces i mean if you're making a big margarita or something like that, you, you two ounces of tequila and then three quarters of lime three quarters of cointreau but just a dash of sugar usually and a dash of sugar you could probably take down the tequila to about one and three quarters but still but, do those sorts of things that's amazing to have one and a half of cointreau a lot of cointreau in there and it freaking works and it really has it balances off the sharpness of the chartreuse but you've still got a bit of that with the lime. I might try it again with dye. I might dye down the sugar a little bit. For your palate, For you don't palate, mind the... I would like something that's a little bit sharper, potentially. Because it's not sweet. Yeah. Weirdly, there's so much sugar in there and it doesn't taste sickly sweet compared mm. to last week's one where we had jam. <laughs> We've had other ones that have had less sugar have tasted so sweet. Oh, I'm really impressed with that. You know what I think helps? The salt. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The salt rim, that makes it pretty delicious what the what what (laughs) lies and mystery and alchemy is this i'm chuffed with that well there we go tickle me pink (laughs) and call me susan i am beguiled i'm bewitched i'm bothered and bewildered okay susan Mm, that's a shit name the gator bite the gate snap i I was the gator snap i was expecting something sharper i was expecting something really sharp and bitey snappy (laughs) steppy bitey steppy bitiness did someone just Get, get lucky with this. Who knows? Where does this come from? It's on, it's on difference. Oh, it's okay, like four styles on difference. Well, with our gator snaps firmly in hand, holding the jaws together because they're quite strong. Is it time for a story, Nick? It most certainly is. Now, I'm excited. How many alligators will there be in this story? Well, will find out, won't we? Please let an alligator be the weapon of choice for the murderer. <laughs> Beaten to death with an alligator. Beaten to death with an alligator. <laughs> so today, we have the story of Joe Ball. Ball. The butcher... Ooh. Of Elmendorf. Elmendorf. Which is a very, very grand title. That is. It's, it sounds like a, some sort of mystery from the olden yeah. times. So for many, many, many years, the legend of Joe Ball was mainly thought to be apocryphal. It was thought to be a mm. big old scary story told to get wayward children to behave and all this sort of thing. But in 2002, Michael Hall, who is the editor of the Austin Chronicle in Texas, decided to investigate and dig a little bit deeper to find out the truth behind this myth. Fair enough. If there was any truth behind it at all. And it is his research, along with other articles written by a chap called David Law, that have formed the basis of this story today. Now, it turns out that Joe Ball was indeed a very real person, and guilty of some very, very real and very horrible, horrible things. Okay. So we start in the late 1800s in Texas. Nice, nice. Now, this time, Texas is a huge, mostly empty 
state. Yes. Not a much going on down there. Hundreds of thousands of acres of unsettled land. Well, Texas is pretty big now. Pretty big now. But back was, then. Back then whoa. it was much the same size, but less going on in there. <laughs> <laughs> less filled with people. It was more boring. It was, yes. But it is slowly starting to fill up. Sort of like people are coming in to sort of arrive here to stake their claim to a bit of land and set themselves up. And one of these men was Joe's father, Frank. Now, around 1885, Frank Ball moves to the newly founded town of Elmendorf. Elmendorf. Now, soon after his arrival, Frank opens a factory in the town, which processes cotton from neighbouring farms and what have you. And within a year, the railroad also comes to town, connecting Frank's cotton factory um, to a huge network of customers and, and suppliers. And business booms, and he becomes an obscenely wealthy man. Frank and his wife Elizabeth um, become pillars of the community. They are upstanding citizens. They build one of the first brick houses um, mm. in the area and they go on to, to found stores and a school and all this sort of thing. They have eight children and each one of the children grows up to become prominent and important community members with the singular exception of their son, Joseph. Oh. Who becomes something of the black sheep in the family. Okay. Now, Joseph is born on the 7th of January, 1896. Mm -hmm. And throughout his childhood, he is seen as a bit of a loner, really. Uh, he much prefers to spend his time out fishing, hunting, exploring the wilderness. As a, as a boy would do. Yeah, but rather than, but exceptionally so, rather than sort of joining in with any of his classmates or other children around the town or so. He, okay. he, he oh, will he, never oh, join right. in with anything. He was always out by himself. As he reaches adolescence, Joe's passion turns to guns. He loves a gun. Who doesn't? Well, it's not at all uncommon in Texas then or now, I believe. Um, <laughs> so, well, there's lots of hunting and all this sort of oh, stuff. There's good game out there. Yeah, exactly. So but you need to learn how to shoot. And he spends hours and hours and hours practicing mm. and refining his skills. Uh, one of Joe's nephews, Buckball. What? Buckball. I, I will say again, what? <laughs> Buckball. Buckball. They did not think this through. He says, my uncle could shoot a bird off a telephone line with a pistol from the bumper of his Model A Ford. What? Could shoot the shoot a bird, shoot a bird off of a telephone, telephone line. line with a pistol. Yeah. From the bumper of his Model A Ford. From the bumper. So sitting on his car. Sitting on the hood of his car. <laughs> he could only do it while sitting on a car. Yep. Just shoot the bird. Don't get on your car. He it was fancier to do it from a car. Right. In 1917, the US formally declares war against Germany and enters the First World War. Shortly after the start, uh, Joe enlists in the army. He is going to do his thing um, and he is shipped off to Europe. He's a crack shot. Well, indeed. No record survive of his time in the army, but he returns to Elmendorf in 1919 with an honourable discharge. Fair so enough. things must have gone very well for him there. Hmm. Hmm. When he gets back, he works for his father for a bit, but the world of business is not really his thing. And some people do say he's having trouble readjusting to sort of civilian life. After two years in the trenches, it's not going to do you much good. No. Um, so he's he's struggling really to sit there in a shop and go, hello, how can I help? He quits. He quits working with his father, deciding to make his own way. But it does turn out that he has inherited some of his father's sort of business acumen, though, mm -hmm. really. Um, and when Prohibition hits in 1920, he knows what people need. Bootleg beer and whiskey. Yeah. That's what the people want. Yes. And that is what he will give the people. So begins his career as a bootlegger. I mean, I'd say business acumen doesn't take a huge amount well. of savvy. Ah, I know what people want. Booze. He's doing it. No one else is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it works well. It is a risky job. 
but someone's got to do it. And he loves it. Joe absolutely has a great time. He travels around the area selling whiskey out of a 50-gallon barrel in the back of his car. <laughs> <laughs> so going sort of farmstead to farmstead with his barrel of whiskey, decanting what people <laughs> what people want. So he's having How a grand time. How does he time. disguise this? Who knows? Why is it? It's got some, some sort of pickup, a bit of tarp or something over the back. <laughs> going around doing business, going around visiting friends or whatever. He dresses it up as a horse or Dress, something. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, what's that cow doing in the back of your van? <laughs> Milk for sale. <laughs> Milk for sale. <laughs> Whiskey flavoured milk. <laughs> he is a genius. Yeah, that business is great. The business is oh. booming. So, And it's so good that he hires a young handyman, a chap called Clifton Wheeler, um, to, to help out. Clifton quickly finds himself doing most of the hard work while Joe sort of schmoozes with the customers and flirts hmm. with the ladies and things. Clifton is left to do the, the manual labour of... Executive management. Well, this is, this is it. Absolutely. This is what he gets paid for. Now, when Prohibition ends, Joe finds himself as a bit of a loss. What does mm. he do now? No one wants a dodgy whiskey anymore when they can go to a bar and get perfectly good whiskey. Um, <laughs> no one wants the weird whiskey to No, no one wants the whiskey cow to, to arrive. <laughs> from the man who's going to try and flirt with your wife and yeah. the boy who's now siphoning off the whiskey from a car. Yeah. He eventually thinks, I like my own bar. I'll do my own thing. Fair enough. He's got the customer base. He's got some people who know him, people who potentially trust him. So why the hell not? Joe purchases a plot of land just outside town and builds his own bar, the Sociable Inn. Oh, it is called. Uh, he lives in a, which is a terrible name, really. Um, <laughs> I mean, sociable. This is the, about sociable. the level that we're going to set here. This is what we're going for. We're going for sociable. <laughs> so, what are all the other bar names that would be in the town? <laughs> the Five and Dime, the Flirty Hooker. No, the Sociable Inn. Yeah, I don't want to go yeah. there. So he lives in a couple of rooms out the back. And up front there, there is a bar. There's a player piano. They're tinkling away. Yeah, absolutely. There's a room with tables where men would drink and enjoy the occasional cockfight. Who doesn't enjoy the occasional cockfight? A room with tables. A room with tables and a cockfighting area. <laughs> so, <laughs> you're enjoying the thought of a cockfight. It's just the tables. It's the admin. <laughs> okay, there's tables in there. We, we can push those back for the cockfight. Move fight. the tables out of the way. <laughs> exactly. They've got to sit there and drink around the table watching a cockfight. Watching a cockfight. Oh, good Lord. During Joe's bootlegging days, he had developed a bit of a reputation in town. If you stayed on his good side... You're golden. All is fantastic. But if you are late paying your bills, mm. if you start taking the piss, say something he doesn't like, then he's not afraid to dish out a beating or two, yeah. really. So people think, this is never going to work. This bar, no one's going to go. No yeah. one's going to go there. But to everyone's surprise, people flock there. Really? Yeah, absolutely. It's the place to be. It has tables. It has tables. It has cockfights. What's not to love? <laughs> Did no other bar have a table? Apparently not. Apparently not. He's, he's got a mon- all cockfights. He's got a monopoly on tables in the, in the town. <laughs> he's taken all the chickens. <laughs> but still, despite business going well, Joe feels he needs a gimmick. He needs something to draw in the punters. <laughs> And he settles on alligators. What? No! Alligators are the way <laughs> forward. I did not think that was going to come into this story this soon. <laughs> Tell me everything. So he digs a hole behind the bar. No. In the outside, he lines it with cement, fills it with water, puts up a 10 foot high fence around this pond. Oh, a pool, like yes. kind of a, a right? Big old pond in the in the back in the oh, backyard. Christ. A nice cement lined pond. <laughs> Big 10 foot high metal fence. And he introduces five 
alligators. Oh, no, that's a small space. To the sociable inn. Who wouldn't want to have a nice relaxing drink round the pool with some alligators? <laughs> well, Sinead would, obviously. I mean, <laughs> I animal cruelty, I do, not, I do not condone it. But if a, who is an alligator out the back, I would sit and watch an alligator. <laughs> yeah. But that's just five angry alligators yeah. piled up. Unfortunately, I mean, it turns out everyone is much like Sinead. Everyone wants to have a drink with an alligator. Everyone is, everyone's queuing out the doors. Um, and huge crowds come to take a look at the new pets, really, at the sociable <laughs> yeah. inn. The Saturdays are especially busy when Joe puts on a show with the alligators. In a sparkly outfit? In not, probably not in a sparkly outfit, but he but does... we don't know for certain. We don't know for certain. Yeah. I'm hazarding a guess at not a sparkly outfit. But he does take a, a live raccoon, a cat, a dog, Ugh. any other animal he can... <laughs> wandering around the place stray child chuck him in with the alligators oh feeding time yeah and the customers are delighted everyone's had a few too many whiskies the cheers the roar of the crowd as many innocent animals are ripped to pieces <gasps> it's a jolly time for all so there we go so you know what saturday, they come saturday evening. people bring their own pets <laughs> <laughs> probably not bringing their own i bet they bloody did oh yeah oh i brought a rover to have a watch oh look he's in there <laughs> Joe no. picks him up and chucks him over the fence. I'm off to the sociable inn. Okay, Daddy, goodbye. I'm just going to take Flopsy the bunny. Oh, good, you're taking for a walk. Sure, why not? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I'm going to come back and what happens to Flopsy happens. Yeah, and terrible things happen to Flopsy. If there was a pub in Canterbury that had alligators, would you go to it? Fuck no. Why not? <laughs> Because we live in the middle of a city. Imagine that alligators were native. In the south of England. <laughs> That makes it all the more rare. You wouldn't go. No. No. Oh, man. All right, fine. Yeah, I would leave you there. <laughs> We're learning terrible things about Shades <laughs> this evening. Wonder of nature. That's exactly what it is. That's what, exactly what he's going for. He's a David Attenborough of Texas, he is. Okay. So, in this horrible pileup of death. <laughs> in addition to Joe's alligators at the bar, one of the male clientele generally like to pay a visit because he only hires the prettiest ladies Ooh. in town to work behind the bar. Um, yeah, only the youngest, the prettiest of women. It's another, it's another source of... Incentive, yeah. Incentive for, yeah, absolutely, for, for people to visit. Though none of them ever seem to say that long, really. <laughs> They've none been of, eaten. None of, the, none of these women seem to say that long, but Joe always explains that these women, they're, they're sort of drifting through town, they pick up a job for a couple of weeks, they get paid, and then they move on somewhere else and do their own thing, and then someone else comes through town and... Okay. And everyone goes, yeah, all right then, that's fine. No one seems to question it. One such woman in 1934 is Minnie Gotthart, or nice. Big Minnie, as she was known. And she picks up a job at the Sociable Inn. Many of the regulars, I really don't like Minnie. She is a horrendously bossy and generally very unpleasant person. Right, <laughs> okay. All accounts. But Joe doesn't seem to mind. She's having, mm. she, he is really quite taken with her. The two get together um, mm. and they begin running the bar together. Well, she takes no, no shit. She takes no people. shit, absolutely. Yeah. Which is exactly what you need. When it sounds like a, a very rough and ready kind yeah, of place. Exactly. And you need someone who's not going to take any shit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's like, absolutely, you go for it, Minnie. The relationship lasts for about three years until Joe falls for Dolores. Dolores Goodwin, oh, one of dear. his younger waitresses. Bastard. Now, Dolores, since he's been there, has held a, a candle for Joe. Even though he's one, he once threw a bottle at her 
um, and, and scarred her and caused a nasty scar on her face. She is still quite besotted with Joe. Things become even more complicated in 1937 when 22-year-old Hazel Brown begins working at the bar. Hazel, again, is beautiful. She is full of self-confidence and Joe falls in love again. Mm. Poor old Joe. He's now trying to juggle three women. Um, all of whom work at his bar. <laughs> it's, it's not going to end well, we feel. You never heard the phrase, don't shit where you eat. Yeah, so but no, he's, he's going for it. Uh, but then during the summer of 1937, Minnie disappears. She's gone. Okay. When friends come to inquire, Joe explains, she, she left town, she had a baby. She fell pregnant, she had a baby, she left town. Right. He had no idea who the father was, but likely someone it shouldn't have been with. Hmm. So she decided she had to get out of Dodge. Packed up and just left. Everyone go... Okay, fine. She arrived suddenly. She's departed suddenly. We t- we take him at his word on this one. And so a few months later, Joe marries Dolores. Um, okay. The couple continue to run the sociable inn. In January 1938, it's reported that Dolores was involved in a near-fatal car accident, mm. which results in the amputation of her left arm. A local gossip, however, tells a different story. Rumours quickly begin flying around that one of Joe's alligators had actually torn off Dolores's arm. Ooh. And the whole car accident was a ruse to get Joe off the hook. Well, um, how? Well, for keeping keeping a dangerous animal, the animals would have been put down. Yes, Something yeah, like that. Yeah. Joe can't lose his, his beloved pets and the reason people come to the bar. Mm. So, oh, it's a car accident. Yeah, it would that, go That's the accident, yeah. So, no, nothing to do with the alligators. It was a car. But that also does sound like gossip. Oh, yeah. It does well, sound indeed. like gossip to kind of go like, I'll bet you it was uh, the alligators. I'll bet you the alligators. No one, no one really knows. But just as that gossip starts to die down, Dolores disappears. Oh. They're not long after. So does Hazel. What, what the what? the what? All his ladies. Just up and left, Joe says. No idea where they are. They've just um, gone. If you are going to have a bar filled with alligators, people are probably going to think, oh, you know what happened to them? The alligators... First thing I'd be saying. Yeah, but they're gone. Oh, they're, God. They're just, they're, one day they're just not there. And now, despite the fact that Joe's bar staff quite keep disappearing, quite inconsiderately, really, they just keep buggering <laughs> off, the bar is still thriving. Everyone's ha- having a, a lovely time. They love to come and see a gator. On one occasion, a neighbour is less enthusiastic and he complains about the smell of rotting meat. <gasps> Joe pulls out a gun and in a, in a not quite so polite manner explains that it must be the alligator's food that smelled and that the nosy neighbour should mind his own business otherwise he'll join the food. <laughs> <laughs> the neighbour goes, all right then, and he leaves. That's and he just... actually leaves town entirely. I'm not surprised <laughs> to just go, there's a bad smell in the room going, it's nothing. It's nothing. It's, it's the, the alligator food. That man is the smartest man. Yeah. Possibly one of the smartest men we've ever met in this podcast who has rightly gone, fuck this, well, and left not. town. He's gone. Rather than most people who just hang around going, let's see how this plays yeah. out. Later, in 1938, more of Minnie's family begin to ask questions. <laughs> where We cannot find her. They have not been able to find any trace of her anywhere and they approached the the county sheriff office for help now since joe ball was minnie's last known lover Mm. and employer he is questioned on several occasions but there is no evidence of any foul play there is nothing seemingly untowards and he sticks to his story she has just upped and left one day he has no idea where Mm. she is a few months later another family go to the police about their missing daughter 23 year old julia turner the missing girl had also worked part-time for joe 
Sheriff's deputies again visit the tavern, but Joe claims she had told them that she was having some personal problems and wanted to move on. That okay. was it. She left one day. Yeah. And authorities have nothing more to go on. They are left empty-handed entirely. There's no evidence of anything untoward happening. I guess it's a transient community. Exactly. Yeah, people come and go. Absolutely. And so there's no records at the time. You couldn't go. Well, there's some records, but you can just go. They left. They left. She came. She walked up one day. I gave her a job. She did for a couple of weeks. Prove me wrong. That prove me wrong. Absolutely. Mm. Prove. Prove that. Yeah. Prove I'm lying. During the next few months, two more of Joe's employees come up missing. Deputy again bring Joe in and question him for hours on end. He continues to maintain innocence. They have simply left and moved on. There's nothing else going on here. And with no evidence or leads to follow, the girls are added to a growing list of missing persons. And Joe Ball is again in the clear. Right. No, no one's yet going. Hmm. What's the common denominator here? Well, people are th- people are thinking the common denominator is Joe Ball. Absolutely, he's the one who's seen all these people. Yeah. He's the one who's pointing. But they've got nothing. There's, there's, there's no, no evidence. evidence. There's no evidence anything. that he has done anything wrong. And people do. They get they up sticks. They move on. So they've got no no proof of yeah, him they, doing they anything wrong. Him, but... they might suspect him, but they can't mm, do anything about it. They've got nothing. But then on the September the 23rd, 1938, Joe's luck does begin to run out. Um, An old neighbour of his comes forward and tells investigators that he had witnessed Joe cutting up meat. Meat that looks suspiciously human shaped. (laughs) And feeding the pieces to the alligators. How was it human shaped? Well, it looked like an arm, looked like oh. a leg. There was definitely a foot to that. There was a face. That. Um, <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. Now, as investigators decide what the hell they're going to do next, another man comes forward telling the sheriff about a foul smelling barrel that had been left behind a barn near Joe's, saying that it smelled like something was dead inside. Yeah. The next morning, uh, deputies Gray and Clevenhagen go <laughs> to name. investigate the barn. The barrel is gone. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, the deputies decide to pay Joe another visit. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably time for a break. Okay. Drinks break. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. 
Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. When they arrive at the bar, <laughs> they inform Joe that they are taking him to San Antonio for questioning. Ooh. Joe asks if he, if he can first shut up the tavern before he leaves. The deputies agree. Fine. And as the two men sat waiting at the bar, Joe walks over to the register, pops the drawer open, reaches in and grabs a forty-five caliber revolver. Oh, good Lord. He briefly waves the gun at Gray and Clevenhagen, um, who, who yell, don't, just as Joe points the gun at his own heart. Oh. He then pulls the trigger and falls down dead on the barroom floor. <gasps> Oh, he's dead? He's dead. Joe Jesus. has killed himself. Oh, I, d- I thought he was going to shoot at the officers no. there. Straight through the heart. Wow. Soon authorities are going over every square inch of this bar. <laughs> what the hell is going yes. on there? Uh, their initial search reveals barrels of rotting meat around the alligator pond. Oh. An axe matted with blood and hair. Their initial theory, unsurprisingly, is that Joe has hacked his victims to death and fed them to the alligators. Yeah. Uh, investigators also begin to recall other disappearances in the area, including another two missing barmaids. There was a teenage boy who was known to hang around at Joe's, mm. all vanished. <gasps> uh, have they ended up with an alligator? No one can quite believe this has been going on in their backyard, that this has been happening. I mean, how big is the community here at the moment? I mean, it's not huge. There's probably a few hundred people or so. So it's, it's, not, a, it's not a massive place at all. I mean, Joe Ball, he's, he's not the most well-loved or the friendliest of guys but for fuck's sake this is a bit extreme well yeah i mean like being, <laughs> being a sort of slightly grumpy bar yeah absolutely is but, different from hacking people up yeah exactly and people are demanding to know what the hell is going on now investigators know that joe's handyman clifton wheeler he's still on the scene remember the chap who was helping out with the bootlegging yes, yes so yes. he's he's still around he's been with joe all this time and he is probably the only one who the only living person anyway that really can give them any answers might be able to shed some light on all this he has to know what's going on now clifton initially denies having any knowledge of what's happened to the missing women he has no clue but as the questioning goes on and on and on and on he finally starts to break Oh. And he finally admits that he had not been entirely honest with the police. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. And the truth comes out. Oh, good Lord. Now, Clifton explains that Joe's girlfriend, Hazel Brown, she had fallen in love with another man. She had fallen in love with someone else and had been planning to move away, mm. get away from Joe, get get away from everything and to start a new life. Go somewhere where there are no alligators. Go somewhere where there are no alligators. Now, Joe found out. Was it one of the alligators she was in love with that <laughs> she was planning to run away <laughs> Don't with? Don't believe so, possibly. But Joe finds out. Joe finds out she's planning to leave him and he flies into a rage and he kills her. Oh. And Joe kills her in a jealous rage. Now, to try and corroborate this story, investigators want to see proof 
of what Clifton is telling them. <laughs> they ask Clifton to show them where Joe has disposed of Hazel's body. Now, they fully expect Clifton to take them to the alligator pond and mm. say, well, she's in there. But he doesn't. Oh. He takes them to a spot about three miles outside of town near the Santa Antonio River. He locates a particular spot and he begins to dig. After a few minutes, blood begins oozing up through the dirt and a horrendous smell comes out of the ground. They pull up two arms, two legs and finally a torso. When asked where the head was, Clifton points to the remains of a campfire where they find a jawbone, some teeth and some small pieces of skull. What the what? Clifton described that after a long night of heavy drinking, Joe would ask him to grab some blankets and some beers. Blankets and beers. And beers. Don't forget the beers. Oh my God, we're going on a nice moonlit walk. Exactly. We're going for somewhere lovely. The two of them take Joe's car um, and pick up a 55-gallon barrel from behind the barn. Did Clifton think this was a romantic night out? Potentially this lovely time out. I've got the blankets, I've got the candles, big barrel. Okay, fine. This is sexy. I don't know what you've got planned. They drive down to the river. Mm. Joe then forces Clifton at gunpoint to dig a grave. Okay. (laughs) He's like, this is next extra level of kink I wasn't expecting exactly they then open the barrel inside is Hazel Brown's body Clinton says that Joe starts to cut up Hazel's body but Mm. he's too drunk he's absolutely pissed out of his brain he's too drunk to saw the limbs off by himself so he forces Clifton to hold them down so and then so he can get a better purchase with his saw and he hacks away I mean Clifton come on now This is this is a convenient story. Yeah, absolutely. Now, whenever the two start to get ill from the stench, it becomes overpowering. They take a break, have a couple more beers, <laughs> and then get back to work. Eventually, they bury her body and throw her head on the campfire. You have alligators. You have actual alligators. Actual alligators who will quite happily eat people. Five of them. <laughs> He's then questioned about Minnie Gotthard. Where she got to, she's yeah, disappeared. She? Clifton says that Joe had taken Minnie's to Ingleside, which was near the city of Corpus Christi on the coast. But Joe then found a secluded area, and after a lot of drinking, he shot her in the head. <gasps> Clifton claimed that Joe had killed her because Joe had got her pregnant, and he didn't want that interfering with his relationship with Dolores. Oh, oh my God. So best to just get her out the way. Get I mean, he does seem like picture. a complete shit that kind of like, oh, it's an inconvenience. It's an inconvenience, her. absolutely. It's going to get in the way of my thing going on with Dolores. Joe and Clifton then bury her in the sand and return to the bar. Police go to the area where Clifton is identified. And on October the 14th, 1938, they find Minnie's partially decomposed remains buried in the sand. So Clifton's giving good information. Here, yeah, which absolutely. Is, which is good. It's legitimate information. Absolutely. I mean, obviously he is pinning, I was made to do this. I was made to do all these things. Fair. The information he's giving is sound and is accurate, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So they continue to question Clifton about the other missing women, but he claims to have absolutely no knowledge about anyone else. He knows about Hazel and about Minnie, absolutely, but anyone else, not a clue. Back at Joe's bar, investigators find a scrapbook containing photos of dozens of women. Now, Chief Deputy Sheriff J.W. Davis says the book might lead to the discovery of one or a dozen more murders. However, none of the photos are ever identified. Seriously? And no one knows. No, 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 I don't know. But we don't know who those women are. We don't know who the women are. Oh, I don't like that. Random snapshots of women (gasps) at the bar. Investigators do eventually find Dolores in California. 
Oh. She has indeed run off oh. to start a new life. Oh, good for her. <laughs> oh, well done, yeah, Dolores. She, well she, done. She escaped. Though she never did confirm exactly how she lost her arm. Was it an accident? Was it an alligator? She never, <laughs> she never said what it, what it was. So maintaining her air of mystery um, there. <laughs> As it turns out, n- none of the rotting flesh in the alligator pond was found to be human. Seriously? Nope. None of it. What? Dolores was interviewed in 1957, where she stated that Joe never put no people in that alligator tank. Joe wouldn't do a thing like that. He wasn't no horrible monster. Joe was a sweet, kind, good man and never hurt nobody unless he was driven to it. There were just two murders. (laughs) Just the two? Just the two murders. Just, he only killed two people. Oh, Dolores. Hmm. Clifton Wheeler pled guilty for his part in disposing of the bodies, and he was sentenced to two years in prison. Following his release, um, he opened his own bar. (laughs) It did not go well. No, I'm not surprised. (laughs) Uh, His notoriety slightly preceded him, really, and he's unable to show his face in public. He's either hounded (laughs) by the press or residents hurl abuse at him. Yes, also, Uh, (laughs) I'm not going to drink there. Bad things happen. Eventually, he leaves the area and never heard of again. No one knows what happens to him. Joe's alligators are seized by the state of Texas okay, um, and donated to the San Antonio Zoo. Nice! uh, Where they live out the remainder of their lives as lovely tourist attractions. (laughs) (laughs) Investigators came to believe that Joe Ball could have been responsible for around 14 murders. But we will never know how many fell victim to the butcher of Elmendorf or how many, if any, ended up as alligator food. There we go. There's a story of Joe Ball, the butcher of Elmendorf, and oh. his lovely alligators. My God, that's 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 mad. That's, <laughs> that's properly crazy, mad. That's as mad a, as this cocktail. It's a crazy story. I mean, I have many questions. <laughs> it's it, it's straightforward bastard. Yeah, bastard who was just you know doing away with women who annoyed him. Mm. You've got an alligator pit. I'm not saying that you should. I'm not saying that you should be feeding people to the animals that you have on site. Yet, but there but it is. There is a convenient like, disposal method just there. It's like having a furnace and not using it. American listeners, please weigh in here. But still, <laughs> alligators, maybe if they fed once, it's like snakes. Like if they, they feed that, that time of the month, they're like, no, I'm not hungry. Yeah. I don't want any more food. I don't know how they So work. they wouldn't nibble down. Or anything, but also you time it clearly. And also, you don't want bits of people left <laughs> in the pond when the the bar opens the next day, really, do you? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I think people are going. Oh, look, there's a head. That's Dolores down there. People are coming <laughs> around to see the alligators eat things. I don't think they're going to. Uh, well, I'm sorry. If they're, they're eating mini, then <laughs> I think someone might have something to say about that. I don't know. People were starved for entertainment. They'd be. I'll turn a blind eye to this if you will. Right. Yeah. But yeah, he killed the women, went out and buried them. Your man who's confessed to this, fair play to him for admitting where the bodies are and actually giving the families some peace. Uh, Him saying he was forced to do it. Yeah, that's for you getting a lesser sentence, isn't it? Because it was two years. Yeah, two two years years for for disposing of the bodies. I'm sure that Joe was responsible. I'm sure he killed them. Definitely, yes. I think I think how much the other person was was forced into stuff. I mean, maybe you never know. But it does seem like, oh, yes, he definitely forced me at gunpoint. He was probably like, oh, you know what we need to do? We need to bury them out the back. What happened to all those other people? Well, who knows? And it could well be that he killed those two. He killed two people and that was it. 
Everyone mm. else was absolutely transient. They came, they went. Mm. That's entirely possible. And it's one of those... And it's one of those things that, oh, there's missing people. He's got some alligators. Fucking anyone who's missing has been in by an alligator. Yeah, we've got a man who's <laughs> killed at least two people. He's a serial killer now. He could have killed all of them. Absolutely. He seemed to have a reason for killing those yeah, two there was women. A, there was a bizarre logic to it. There was jealous, a jealous rage in one and trying to yeah get one out of the way so he could yeah. continue his relationship. So, yes, And one was, felt pregnant and he was like, okay, I don't want to deal with it. I've killed one person, I'll yeah. kill another. So, as soon as he's investigated, he kills himself. Yeah. That doesn't seem like the work of a, a complete psychopath. Absolutely. This is, yeah, if he shot him, as soon as someone has come to ask him questions, and with, with some seemingly some evidence, mm. he's taken his own life. Yeah. He's gone, I can't get out of this, so I've, I'm, I've shot myself. Yeah. So that's not someone, as you say, who is a conniving serial killer who's murdered many, many people, potentially. And will convince that they can get away with it and will continue to do it. So, so it may well be the other people are just have been chucked in the on the bandwagon because it was convenient. <laughs> to blame um, him. To blame him for Or they for stumbled into that alligator pen <laughs> and there was some human flesh in there or something like that. And it was like, no, this was just an accident. Just an accident. That's where people went to commit suicide <laughs> or something. I, think, I know it's ridiculous that we're all pinning on the, that loads of people are thinking, well, why wouldn't you use the alligators? Why wouldn't you not kill people? That's the main moral to <laughs> take from the story. Well, it's, it's nice to have a serial killer who had pets. <laughs> <laughs> yes absolutely let's go with that let's look at the bright side well what do you think people what do you think of the story of joseph ball what do you think of his community of his bar would you like to open a themed bar with with less grim premise to it do you think he was responsible for as many murders that were pinned to his name or do you think it was just a victim of circumstance but still killed a couple of people i mean you know how he registers in the barcedometer will leave for you to decide how much did the alligators know <laughs> everything were they the criminal masterminds behind everything they were just pissed off they were in a bloody small <laughs> po concrete pond in the back of a bar i mean it's horrible <laughs> that is pretty cruel i mean alligators will just kind of lie there for a bit and go oh, i'm fine i'm fine lie on top of each other but not happy i'm sure they prefer to be lying elsewhere <laughs> yes probably <laughs> swimming around eating tourists yeah. they didn't get enough tourists that was a problem tell us what you think jump on the comments of this episode wherever you listen to it jump on social media and tell us what you think but most importantly you have to mix up a gator snap. You really do. Because what the hell was that? <laughs> it was a, m a marvellous magical thing. You you think you know a gator snap? Yeah. And yet it beguiles you. Absolutely. It surprised us all. Definitely, mm. definitely worth a go. If you have some chartreuse, and most of you will As have everyone, that by now. Everyone should. If you no. don't buy now, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Love it or hate it. You've bought the bottle. You've decided you hate it. This is one of them. One of the cocktails where you need to get the bottle out and actually try it again and give it a second go. Because I'm telling you, give it a go. It must be good. The recipe will be out tonight. Mix it up. But also tag us in pictures of any of the cocktails you are enjoying this weekend and send us suggestions of more cocktails and stories that we could be covering on The Poisoner's Cabinet. If you haven't already, please join us on Patreon and please leave us a review on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast because it really helps our show thanks for listening guys we have been the people inside the poisoner's cabinet we will see you next week and remember your loved ones are trying to kill you Bye.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.